1: Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast, episode 19, No Tricks, Just Treats. I'm joined by Jack Davies, as always. How are we doing, fella?
0: Yeah, really happy after the
1: two results this week, mate. So, yeah. Good times, good times. And returning to the pod after a long wait, it's Mr. Louis Fitz. How are we doing, fella? (laughs) Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Very well. Nice one, nice one. On the pod today, we're going to look back at Chelsea's 4-0 win, at Krasnodar... A 3-0 win against Burnley and answer some of your questions. Apologies if you hear any fireworks going on in the background. We're going to start off briefly, I guess, look back at the Krasnodar game, boys. Uh, 4-0. Overall, pretty you know, pretty happy with it, I suppose, especially when changes were made. Jack, start, start off with that.
0: Yeah, convincing in the end. Um, to be fair, I think they were better than I thought they'd be. They they did actually put up a bit of a fight at points, but that's what we've seen from us in the last, the last few games and been a bit more resolute defensively. We would have conceded a goal then and then it, the whole thing could have gone tits up. So hanging on in there, defending well, and then lasted 15 minutes, the quality just shone through and then very convincing win, four goals away from home in the Champions League. Can't say no to that. Um, top top of the top of the table, so yeah, we just got to take that into into next week and moving forward. So was I was happy with that one.
1: Yeah, Louis. Obviously, we know you're. I think we all are. But you're especially a big fan of Callum Hudson-Odoi. Uh, he started. He got a, he got a rare start, and he scored a goal. It wasn't the best goal for keeper. You know, <laughs> if we want to, you know, I guess use a phrase describe, channeled his inner keeper. And it went through him and into the net and we were 1-0 up. But what did you sort of make of, of his display? But also, I guess, you know, the likes of Hakim Ziyech's performance as well.
2: Uh, starting with Callum, I think he's definitely shown glimpses so far this season. He was good against West Brom. Um, he was, I thought he was good the other night. But there's been times where you think he hasn't done quite enough to cement his place, which is probably why he didn't start today. Um, but it's some little glimpses that keep you thinking he, he has the potential to be a top, top player if he just keeps keeps working hard. And I'm sure he will be um, frank to manage him in a quite similar way to the way he managed Pulisic when he first joined. And I'm not saying Callum will go on to do what this year, that what Pulisic's done. But what we've seen is that he is going to get chances. And he I think his, his end product, albeit despite shock and keeping, has already been better this year than what it looked like last year. He's getting more goals. He's getting more assists. Um and that's obviously a positive. Ziyech, I thought, was brilliant, considering it was his first real start since March, was it? Or yeah. ignoring that Brighton game when he got injured. Um, yeah, really offers us something really different coming in off that left. Um, always looks to play forward, doesn't care about giving the ball away if it's trying to create something. And loved a shot, thought he took his goal really well. But moving on from, just say them to I think, with the game especially, at 1-0 there was shaky moments. Last year, we would have not won that game 4-0. That would have gone 1-1 at some point. Um, whether we went 1-0 down in the first half after Mendy making a few saves or whether in the second half they equalised. I think that's the key difference now. There's Even without Silver in that side, there was a bit of mentality which pushed us through. Um, Rode our luck, yes, but you've got to go away from home in the Champions League, whether it's Krasnodar, whether it's Madrid, you've still, away from home in the Champions League, no matter who it is, it's not an easy game. Um, so to come out of it 4-0, yeah, you, you can't complain.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. Uh yeah, it was not not pretty. You know, at times is quite frustrating. But Frank, you know, made some changes 70 minutes in. He bought on Mason Mount, he bought on uh Christian Pulisic, he bought on N'Golo Kante, and it things just clicked, didn't they? You know, we moved from the 4231 to the 433, and we we just dominated really. We took took control, you know. Pulisic managed to also get on the score sheet and Werner scored after, you know resuming penalty duties and overall had a very positive feel at the end of the night. Um, Just I guess one maybe talking point from that game onwards is who should be our regular penalty taker going forward. Now Jorginho does have a good penalty record but he has already missed two this season for us. One of them you know it could have proved costly the other night and against Liverpool at 2-0 down it could have got us back into the game should he be the man to continue taking penalties, or would you like to see Timo Werner on them from now on?
0: Well, to be honest, after these the last fifteen minutes in that game and today, I'm not sure he's going to even be starting as much anymore. So, I think it will be it will be Timo that will be stepping up. Um, and but then we've got we've got other people who could take a pen. I thought if we got a pen today, maybe Tammy might have stepped up. Kai would have stepped up. There's a few people that would step up for a penalty. So um, we've got options, but I think Timo's the man for it going
1: forward. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, Krasnodar, you know, the scoreline flattered us, but we got the job done. We're in top of our group, which is a main thing. And we moved on till today against Burnley. Now, boys, we suffered a massive blow in the warm-up. Pulisic got injured in the warm-up. And to be honest, I thought that might set the tone for today. I thought, it's on Halloween, Burnley haven't won a game, Pulisic just got injured in the warm-up, it's just not meant to be. But credit to Chelsea, you know, they responded really well. And I have to say, I think that's probably one of the the most controlled, calm and measured performances, I think, from we've seen from this team under Frank. And the fact that, you know, at 1-0, the start of that second half, Burnley were getting into the game a bit more. But we rode their way. And we scored when we got the chance. And it was a—it was just a very comfortable workman-like, machine-like performance. One that, dare you say, happens when you go challenging for a title. Jack, I'll start with you on that.
0: Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know. Hopefully. I, the last week or so has definitely got everyone's moods up. So I think it's just one of those if we can um, go on a run of games now, pick up some consecutive wins. Um people are gonna to start to fear us, I think. Um it it just seems like it's all starting to sort of slot into place. I know we were moaning on earlier on in the season, people weren't fit. Silver come come had to isolate, Chilwell was injured, we had the goalkeeper situation, uh ZX been injured. There's been a lot of injuries in this team, but it seems like everyone's almost fit now bar Pulisic today, but um yeah, I think I think we could be one one to be feared by the other teams. So I'm uh, hoping hoping we go forward with that.
1: Yeah, uh, Louis again. Hakim Ziek running the show like he did midweek. You know, nice goal, nice layoff from Tammy who got the nod up front, um, and then also you know set up Werner's goal late on. He's you know considering he's not had much football and sort of cameo minutes against. Southampton before, you know, Southampton and United before starting the last two, he looks a quality, quality player, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, he looks a right snip for £33 or whatever it was. I mean, what I like most about him is not the fact that he's going to create goals, he's going to score goals. It's how hard he works. Um, Being brought up in that Ajax side, under Ten Hag especially, you can see how willing he is to press and it makes such a difference considering last year a lot of the time it was like Mason leading the press on his own or Tammy leading the press on his own. And now you've got the likes of Werner, Hakim, Mason, Tammy, all pressing at once. And Burnley couldn't get out that first half. I mean, they had a four or five-minute spell by the end of the half, but just absolutely smothered them for 40 minutes bar that one chance in the in the first minute, which went over the top of Zuma, which was probably a bit of a wake-up call for the whole team. They they didn't have a shot on target all game. So, like you said, it was brilliant all round. I think we look a lot more balanced in a four-three-three than a four-two-three-one. I think. There's a spine to our team now, which Frank is definitely keeping consistent in the sense that it's Mendy, Silva, Kante and then usually Werner. I know he rested Werner today, but you saw Tammy today and I actually thought Tammy had a good game, I think, with Tammy up front. He gives us a bit more balance in the side when you can kind of give it into into his feet and play off him. Against Werner, you're not going to have much room in behind, so I understand why he put Werner on the bench, but obviously he actually worked quite well on the left, I thought. And going back to your Pulisic um, comment at the start, Last year, we relied on Pulisic so much, especially towards the end, to create goals, to score goals. And before that, it was Hazards. Today, Ziyech was creating stuff. Hazards was creating stuff. Mount was driving us forward in midfield and speeding up the game. Reese was just whipping crosses in left, right and centre. Chilwell was getting down the left-hand side. We don't have to rely on one player anymore, and that's the beauty of it. We didn't miss Pulisic today. And I'd argue Pulisic on his day could quite easily be uh, what... He's definitely one of our better players. Um, but you you look now going forward, Hakim Ziyech, Werner's only is a chance. that's in the back of the net. It's a completely different side to the one that we had last year. And it's a completely different side to the one that we had under Sarri. It's a completely different 4-3-3 in the sense that under Sarri, we relied on Kovacic and Kante to create stuff going forward. And now you've got two midfielders who are pushing forward and trying to create things. And it was just so well balanced. Everything about the game was just a joy to watch we, even at 1-0 I remember saying to you boys at half time I was like we do need to kill this but this is the most confident I've been at 1-0 for a Chelsea fan in a long time and that's saying something yeah. considering that we let a 2-0 lead to Southampton a couple of weeks ago Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and it's a hard place to go as well Burnley I know they had a poor run of uh, games this season but it's not an easy place to go oh, with how they play how vis- physical they are playing the long ball so it was a made- great,
2: great great performance Tottenham won 1-0 on Monday, and Tottenham were, looked like a very average side. They scored from a corner between Kane and Sona's per in the last 10 minutes, and we made them look like a League One side at best today. And that, Now, I'm not saying that that should be made any praise. Burnley have had a shocking start to the season, but like you said, Jack, it's a place where they can cause team problems, and considering that it was probably, I said to my stepdad at the time, Thiago Silva six foot. It's probably his first experience of a team just pumping it along every single <laughs> opportunity, and I don't think he didn't win a single header, bearing in mind that both strikers probably had two or three inches on him. And for thirty six, he doesn't he doesn't even look as day over thirty. He's absolutely brilliant. And despite Zuma's slight miss up in the first two minutes, um, which I actually think I actually think he scores if Kepa's in goal, because Keppers four inches small, he comes out, he probably calm. next you know, he sees six foot six Mendy flying at him. So he's probably panicked. But them two look like a real partnership. Reese and Shilwell were both brilliant all game, not even going forward, defensively solid. And that back five with Kante just in front and Kante as alone pivot, I think it just looks so much more balanced going forward and it should be stuck with, especially between a free three or three, four, three, whatever it is.
1: Uh I guess yep. uh, you know, a bit of appreciation for Mason Mount back in his favoured position. And um, to be honest, bit. boys, I thought he uh, <laughs> he was superb, you know, his range of passes. We saw a lot of diagonal balls out, you know, to to Reese, He wasn't afraid, you know, he tried stuff, you know, didn't always come off, but he was trying stuff. And then obviously, you know, set up uh, Zuma for the goal to make it 2-0, which effectively killed Burnley off. Mason's come in for a lot of stick, you know, played out position. He plays in the eight, and he, honestly, like, he was just superb. And I think that's, we've been missing that That their that. In the in the right position,
2: yeah. Whether you're a Mason Mount fan or not, and we are all, all three of us are Mason Mount fans. One thing you cannot criticize is how hard he works. Like that's one thing you yeah. simply cannot have a go at him for. Like whether he was that like, forced out on the wing, he'd still work hard. Whether it didn't suit him or whatever. But in that number eight, we were a different team with him there. And I actually think, although I like Kai in ten. I thought he looked a bit more settled today in eight. I thought he allowed, allowed him to drive up the pitch a bit more. And them two just controlled the whole game. With Kante was obviously a joke that the whole game just won every second ball. But Mount just gives us something completely different in that eight position to any of them other players. Kante's got a lot of energy, but that press. he And when he's on the ball, he tries to speed things up. He he moves the ball very quickly in the in, in transitions, and he gets us from A to B a lot quicker. And a team like Burnley can they can have 10 11 behind the ball and make it very hard. And a lot of times today, they didn't have 10 or 11 behind the ball because of how quickly we moved it. And I know that's something that Frank's always tried to push on the other day. I think it was against Krasnodar um, or someone. It might have been in the game before. You could hear him on the sideline shouting quicker, quicker. And there's no surprise that we weren't moving it quickly without him on the pitch. And uh, we all know that I'm a big Mason Mount fan, but I think he just makes things happen and whether whether you like him or not, that is just a genuine fact. He does it in the big moments and he makes things happen and you can't fault him for that.
1: Yeah, and again, you know, the technical ability, you know, I think, you know, we perhaps, you know, often in our praise amount talk about the energy, you know, in the press and whatever, but the technical ability, as I said, his passing range, you know, that's what we want from the midfield. Uh, I
2: mean, how long have we suffered from Willian Corners? Um, but, when you've got someone like Zuma in the box, if you stick a good corner in the box, he will get his head on it. He's got three goals this year. I said to you boys, he's on track for double digits in terms of goals this year, (laughs) which is absurd, considering that we hardly scored any set plays last year. We just conceded from them. And that just makes such a big difference because now we're turning games from 1-0 to 2-0 from a set play, whereas we used to turn it from 1-0 to 1-1 because we conceded from a set play. So if that ball's spot on, which it is a lot of the time from now, it wasn't just that one cross. It's a different ball game.
0: Sure. Him and Chilwell. Chilwell on the other side as well. He's been mm-hmm. taking corners. Uh, he's been putting them on the money. All, literally, all you need to do at a corner is put it in the area. Put it in a good area, and someone should right. get on the end of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, we saw Leon Giroud headed you know, straight at the keeper. I think, you know, it could have been another one, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, silver as well. It was, yeah, silver, yeah. That was it. Yeah, exactly. Look, Mason Yeah, Mount. It's not, nice
0: right to, to not... Nice to not hit the, hit the first man or play it short. Like we, We'd always play corner short. that just...
2: yeah, play is an important part of the game. And like that was one thing that mm. people overlooked for us last year was the fact that, yes, we had a bloody awful goalie. Our left back wasn't good enough. We didn't have a settled centre-back pairing. But we conceded too many from set plays, corners especially. And we didn't, con- we didn't score enough on them. But you look at Jose teams when we've won the league and stuff. We'd score 15 to 20 from a set of plays in one season, let alone not even conceding many. You're going to see concede one or two, of course you are. But it's then 15 goals which change games, and it's such an easy thing to work on and get right if you have the height and the dead ball ability that Mason Mount and Chilwell have, like you said. And it can just... I honestly think things like that are the difference between being a good side and coming second or third and being an efficient winning machine is being good at things like set plays and stuff like that. You look at Liverpool, the amount of times they just grind out a 1-0 or 2-1 tonight and a lot of the time you'll just look at it and go Van Dijk or a Trent Free Kick or something and it's, it's them type of things that change games and win titles for you. So I think it is an important aspect, definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, I guess I guess before we move on to the questions, you know we praise praised Hakim Ziyech already. Timo Werner another goal Three goals in the Premier League now. Scored midweek Champions League. Slowly starting, you know, to you know, starting yeah, to click. And also the fact that he wasn't played in his favoured position really today. But he still right. he worked hard. Yeah. You know, put a couple of crosses in that got cut out. And then obviously when the chance does present itself to him, but his one real chance all game, yeah, just composure in front <laughs> of goal. Yeah, yeah, and I'm
0: sure he's. I'm sure he's still in second gear, like. He's yeah. got much more to go through. Um, yeah. But yeah, who, who, everyone said Werner won't be able to do it against these low block teams. And I'm sure, well, he had a decent impact today. I think um, that.
2: And Leith will finish that goal. Sorry, I think that, you know, like I said, he just needs one chance. But I do think that um, left hand side, almost forward like position, did suit him a tad better today than if he was out at number nine up against Tarkovsky and Thingy. Because when he is off that left, it, I saw a thing at half-time, which was like our average position. And Tammy was almost basically playing as a number 10. And it was almost like Werner and Ziyech were essentially two strikers because they were just cutting in behind, behind the whole time. And it's such a good asset, especially, say, if you're uh, City away or something, you need to get in behind, whether he's coming in from the left the right or the nine. He's just so quick. It's like... I, this could be a very bad statement but I don't remember him missing a big chance this season really already and he, I know he's only scored four goals yeah. or five yeah four or five goals but I, yeah. I don't remember him missing a big chance not one yet well not one where you look at and go "I oh, should have scored that definitely I know, yeah, he's no. had a, he had a decent one against Liverpool maybe Palace I yeah think. I think one,
0: I, one against Liverpool he was through but then Fabinho made a great tackle so he didn't even have a shot in the end but
2: yeah when he's one of those players where one on one, you're just like when he was one on one today, he's just like that's in the back of the net every time. And he likes that inside left position. I think it's a, definitely a great option to have when Pulisic is out. I know like we said it is a block to Hudson Adoy. But it I thought it worked well today. And I think, like I said, I think Tammy is someone who's massively fighting for his place and you can see that I think he's scored a goal or an assist every forty four minutes or something outrageous. And I know a couple of them might have come against Barnsley, but it's not the point. He's taking his chances. And it's gonna to get to the point now where if but don't be wrong, Tammy wasn't outstanding today given the other performances, but I thought he was a focal point, he had a link to play. And it's gonna to get to a point where in games like that he will turn to Tammy and Giroud because you do need something different. You, you can't go in behind to Werner all the time. You need someone up there talking to two centre halves. And you know you briefly mentioned on earlier, Nick, about penalties. I'd have Werner on him all day long because firstly I while Jorginho's conversion rate is good, I don't like the hop-skip jump. It just gives me, oh, just absolutely craps the hell out of me. I think he's missed three important penalties now, the cup final, Liverpool, which was a turning point, and a nil-nil. I think it's quite easy to dispatch him when it's 2-0 against Palace and you've got two penalties. Um, and you saw the way Vernon took that. Strikers want to score goals, so why not give it to your striker? You look at Man United. They sign Alexis, he's on the penalty straight away because it's confidence. They sign Fernandez. penalty straight away because it's confidence. Why not do that with Werner? He's new to the league, he wants goals, give it to him and he dispatched it fine. So,
1: Fair enough, fair enough. We're going to move on to some questions. First one comes in from Chelsea Nath, uh, who asks, what do you think the sole reason is is to while defence has dr- drastically improved these last few weeks? Uh, it's Mendy, Silver. I reckon they're a pretty big, pretty big factor. You know, I don't know
2: about I said but I was speaking to one of my mates earlier and I said, it wasn't hard to upgrade them, was it? It was Alonso, Christensen and Kepa. <laughs> yeah. We've we got Pope, Taylor and Tarkovsky and we'd have a better defence, let alone getting arguably <laughs> behind Robertson, the best left-back in the league. We've got, a snip, we got an absolute snipping goal and it was evidence we needed height in there. Um, and we've got one of the best centre-backs of the last decade. The last two de- like, the last decade and a half. So of course they're gonna make a massive difference. Silver's been phenomenal, not in terms of organization, yeah. but just oozes just, class. He just calms he's, just, he's,
0: he's always one step ahead of everyone else. That's what I've seen. It's just yeah. the experience and class he's got. I mean, yeah. I remember just simple things as well. The other the other day when we played Severe, I remember just the ball got lifted over the top and other people just fucking honk it out straight away but he has the composure
2: to take a touch and then just play it short to someone it's yeah. things like that um, he he's just he's been brilliant a bit like JT did with Zuma Zuma Zuma's a dominant centre half but he doesn't want to be that leader at the back he needs someone next to him no matter how old he he's mm. 25, 26 now but when you do have a leader next with him he's brilliant Zuma I know he said he made, he made a slight mistake I more thought it was probably quite a good ball yeah. over the top of him to be fair but it's a, it's a good pairing because you've got one who's Massive and going to win every header, And silver still won every header, but he just calms everyone down. You, mm-hmm. As I previously mentioned, right-back was never really an issue last year. I think Rhys James has actually massively improved already given these eight, mm-hmm. nine games this season. Defensively been brilliant. Uh, we all know he could cross, but I think today's position of play was excellent. And Chilwell, I mean, we needed an athletic left-back. Alonso, You remember that West Ham game last year where he was 80 yards up the pitch and Yarmolenko scores in the 89th minute? that hasn't happened with Chilwell because of the fact that he's actually a good defender and I remember coming on here over summer and I said Chilwell's my number one target and a lot of people weren't convinced by it especially the price tag and even I was a massive Chilwell fan he surprised me how much of an effect he's had on that team um, and yeah going back to your original question Nick why has the defence improved so much we've we've got a goalie in goal who stops the ball going in like, we're, under, we're yeah. under pressure against Man United he makes three big saves, but big, big saves that Keppel doesn't make. Sevilla, he makes a save. He pushes it all the way out of the eighteen-yard box. He didn't have to, didn't have a save to make today. In fairness, but Krasnodar stopped us going one 0 down. Presence in the box at one-nil, and we had a kick, We had a guy in goal couldn't save anything. We, we were playing with ten men. We were playing one-nil down every game with Keppel.
1: So. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, I agree. I also, point out on Silva. There a moment today where he, you know. Stoop for a headache, went near a Burnley player's yeah. boot. And I, my my initial thought was Christensen does not do that. Something like Christensen does not go for that type or, of ball.
0: Or he does it and
2: starts rolling around straight after it.
1: Yeah. He's, he's, exactly he's, <laughs> look
2: at it now. I know Frank made some weird decisions last year. You wouldn't think Tomori would be out, out of this scenario now, like he is. But given how he's playing last year, is my point. But Christensen is evidently fifth choice, even when Zuma had a scare against Krasnodar, it was Tamori warming up. Yeah. So I don't know what that is. can't have five centre-backs at the club. I know Tamori's is probably the easiest one to offload because he'll go on loan. Um, I don't think you're going to loan Christensen. You'd try and probably cash in. But I said it all along. He's, he'd, he'd tear it up in the Bundesliga or the uh, Spanish League or whatever because it's not a physical league, but he's not cut out for the Premier League at all. And Thiago Silva is. And that's the difference.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, next question, sort of related to that, is how important do you think the two nil nil draws against the United were in helping us get to this point we are today? So I guess if you look back at the last two weeks, you know the four nil and three nil wins. Um, my opinion, yeah, I think pretty important because they built confidence. There is now that confidence. Yeah. I think at the back there is that trust in Mendy. There is, you know, I think also the fact that we've give we basically. Given up less chances, really, I think, you know, as a result of those games. I know Krasnodar was sloppy in periods, but I can't remember them having like a really, really good chance apart from one that hit the bar in that yeah. game. And then Burnley today, other than those first four minutes where they, you know, you mentioned earlier just chipped over the bar. I can't remember us. But I don't think Burnley had a shot on target. Not having no. a shot on target against Chelsea's team, that says, that says a lot because we normally do give up good chances. So, yeah, I think, I think it's helped massively it, just because of confidence more than anything that it's instilled I, in that team.
2: I think, like you said, not having a shot on target. I actually messaged someone about that today and I was like, do you think teams now aren't shooting because it's not Kepper and goal? I, I generally wouldn't be surprised yeah. if it is. but People just used to think True. 30 yards out, it's Kepper, I'll have a shot. Mm. Like, there weren't many long-range shots today. There was one which went off target, but whatever. But... The first thought and the first if you're a manager, if Keppers in goal, the first thing you say is within twenty yards, shoot. Just shoot. Like no five shots, one on target is probably gonna go in. That's the point. Doesn't look like teams are trying to do that now because we've got a goalie and goal who can stop it. So and going back to your point, Nick, about them two clean sheets, I wasn't annoyed about the Severe game at all. I thought that was a good point. I said to you, Nick, I think if you don't lose it to Severe at home and you get a one one away and you win the other four games, you top the group. Um so that's and like Frank said, losing your first game of a group is an uphill battle. We saw that last year with Valencia. So that was actually, I think, a solid point. United I was slightly disappointed with at the time because they, were there for, they weren't there. They were there for the taking. But you look at that Tottenham game, you go, they dismantled that back line. I think if we had a bit more going forward in terms of just uh, trying to push it a bit more, we could have nicked something there. But looking back, you think they've beaten a the PSG side, they've beaten Leipzig. You think... I know it's not good to think like that in terms of you want to win every game, but the clean sheet was definitely more important because it sets the tone. If, if we probably tried to push a bit more that game, we, had, we might end up conceding 1-0 and then we probably don't keep a clean sheet against Castle, We probably don't keep a clean sheet today. That's just the way it is. If you have to sacrifice attacking for two games more than you'd like to keep clean sheets and set a precedent going forward, then it's been beneficial. I think I was saying to Jack earlier, our attack will win us games. It, they will, our attack will score us goals no matter what. It will create stuff, especially with ZH in the side. We will create stuff. If we keep clean sheets, we will win for a lot of football matches this year. Even if we only concede one goal, we win a lot of football matches. We will score two plus on a lot of occasions this year. So that's a, that, it's massive, absolutely massive. We all, we all moaned about how bad our defence was. And then we didn't score. And then we moaned about the attack. Now it all looks worth it. If we had to sacrifice them two games for a clean sheet, and so be it, it was worth it. That's my take. Don't know about you, Joe. Yeah, no, definitely. I think we touched on it in the last pod and just said, look, the
0: defence was the an absolute calamity at the start of the season and last year. And that was that was the main issue we needed to sort out. That there's no doubt of all the quality that we've got in attack and that they would score goals and create chances, etc. It was the defence we needed to sort out first. Once you've got that sorted, the attack is still, we're going to go and score goals. Look at the players we've got. So, yeah, I've, I've, I think, going back to the question, I think, yeah, they're two huge, huge, huge could be turning points in our in our season, yeah. to be honest. We'll we'll have to wait and see. But uh, it looks that way, certainly, for the confidence, for the players. Um, and I think it's just the trust, like Nick mentioned, the trust that someone like Mendy and Goal, um, gives the back four like I remember against South I think it was uh, no Palace I think the ball came in over and Chilwell had the confidence to just chest it back to his keeper if yeah. so that's yeah. Well, you're not doing it
2: yeah. nah.
0: so that's the spine that's the backbone of the defence and we looked to have it sorted um, and I think I, I saw uh, on the fifth stand they when they interviewed Frank I think they said that's the first time we've kept four clean sheets in four years Four consecutive clean sheets, which yeah. I think was probably under Conte when we went yeah. and yeah, won the 13 consecutive games. So it's a long time, long time. So
2: And there's no excuse. Some people do more in the next few games. There's no excuse. Exactly. Sheffield so United yeah. are struggling to score goals. Um, mm-hmm. And let me wrong, you can't take clean sheets for granted, but they are struggling to score goals. So that you can, there's no excuse there you look at Wren, you think we should beat Wren. Like I said, no Champions League games, a gimme, but I think mean, our next four are Wren twice, Sheffield and Newcastle. I think Newcastle will be a tough game. We will struggle up there. Yeah. But it's used to not be conceding a lot of goals in them games and we've, there's clearly a lot of confidence in that team right now. And then if you can take that team, that confidence, into that top Tottenham game after the international break, and then I think we've got quite a, quite a tough run. I think we've got City, Arsenal, Wolves, Leicester, a few of them. But it's... Yeah. It's, while it's a bad time to have an international break next week, I think it's um, if we can get if we can get another two wins under our belt. That's six games undefeated. Well, more than that because obviously we've only lost once in ninety minutes this year. But you can kind of get where I'm going with this. Yeah. Um, and that's that's massive for us because we haven't Frank hasn't had a solid defence in his whole managerial career. Yet. He, the defence was not that great at Derby either. I've got a yeah. housemate at uni He's a Derby fan and they, it was similar to us first year. It was like a lot of 3-2s, a lot of 4-3s, a lot of knife-edge moments. And you can see the balance and the identity that we're trying to get to. Um, the only thing that worries me is that if I, it was, we only wish the Chugs it was 32, not 36. But by the way he's playing, there's no surprise he, he could go to his 42 at the minute. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. And I think I saw a stat. I think it's before today's game we'd kept our first ten games under lamps last year, we kept one clean sheet in those ten games. This season, we've kept five, and I think Jack and I also mentioned in the pod last week. If the next five six games, so the two the two that we've just you know discussed here, were included in that run, if we get five judge judge properly judge Chelsea then, and we said you know realistically five wins and a draw from those six would be pretty good. We've got two of those wins already, and they've been yeah. pretty comfortable. So if we can just keep the momentum going.
2: And that win today, people forget, we arrived back from Russia at 5 a.m. on Thursday. Yeah. So, yeah, they, didn't, they wouldn't they would have rested. For, uh, so firstly, it's a joke that they put it on at 3, hour, three o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah. That's a league they do Sunday or whatever. Um, but, but not a lot of time to prepare. And it was so convincing considering a lot of them played. Obviously, it took its toll on Pulisic a bit, which isn't ideal. But I was saying to you boys earlier as well this season is so bizarre at the minute. The way it's going, no team is trying. Liverpool scraping out some wins, but no one's pulling away. If you win four in a row in the league, you'll find yourself top of the league. Yeah, mm-hmm. next, you know. And it, like I said, if you keep keeping clean sheets, you give yourself every opportunity with our attack. Our attack will score goals. <laughs> yeah. If you keep, if you stop them going in, if you keep them fit, and that's the big thing: keeping that keeping that keeper mm-hmm. fit, keeping that back line fit. Um, yeah. But it's it's. I, I, don't, I don't. We all said at the start of the year. We, none of us expect Chelsea to win the league, and I'm not sat here saying we will win the league. But with how bad City and Liverpool have been so far, I think City have looked good in glimpses. But I think they're probably going to prioritise the Champions League. City, Liverpool without Van Dijk, it, it's wide open, wide, 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 wide open. And all it comes, all it will come down to is that Conte year. We won 13 in a row. If, you, if if you win six in a row, four in a row this year, you'll be top of the league. Like, yeah. that's how, how mental it is at the minute so like i said we can only take it it's been a good spell um we're improving game by game that's the way i see it but we've got to get some long-term consistency there i think
1: yeah no i'll agree with you there and we'll be back in a sec for part two to continue answering your questions Welcome back to That Chess forecast. We're still answering your questions. And the next question we got sent in is, do you think Frank has found the formation to get his best 11 out there? Yes. Jack?
0: 100%. I don't think you need to say much more than that today. And the last 20 minutes the other day was just quality. Uh, I know we we said the other day we we would be tempted to maybe sell Kante, but... Um, I think I've said it I've yeah. said it many times before, play him in his actual position, yeah
1: I' also you know put he's an the astray- best in the world yeah, I put an Ashley's spot, what Jack and I said was that was presuming we were going to play four two three one yeah, that wasn't before four three three, and I've literally said multiple times on this board there is guys, issues with four two three one
2: one guys guys. we saw what happened with four, two three one midweek when Kante doesn't play, and that was the most shake we've looked with
1: yeah
2: you're well. And whether it's forty-three-one doesn't suit him or not, he's still better than Dumb and Dumber in there. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Dumber Chelsea
2: won the league. You cannot sell Ungolo Cante. You yeah. can't.
1: Yeah. Fair
2: right? I, I, I understood your point in terms of like uh, various factors, but you cannot sell that bloke. You yeah.
1: can't. Irreplaceable. We may, have, we may have been a bit reactionary there. Um, the next Football's question... fickle Football's a fickle world boys <laughs> what, what do we know eh What do we know uh, The next question is a so two par Based on what we've seen In these past two games Is the formation The 4-3-3 Is that the formation going forward Or is it dependent On the opposition um, I'll, think... I'll say I, I prefer to see 4-3-3 But I, as he said Last week I don't mind switching up If we're saying Playing Wolves And we're trying to match them up With a free back um, 100% Yeah
2: uh, I think it should be a flip between the four-three-three and the three-four-three. Um, I have no problem with us playing three-four-three in certain games. I think you should adapt to certain situations. You shouldn't just be stuck with a one formation, Sarri, like like I refer to usually. Um, I actually think the three-four-three does suit us at times. I think it can give in games where, like the United might have a bit going the other way. Spurs will cause you problems like that. It gets the best out of our fullbacks. You can still get three attackers on the pitch. The only problem is. What is that? We it, it's quite hard to get that midfield balance in terms of that two in there, um, as we've discovered with the four two three one. Yeah. Um, but you could always go to a three five two and play Werner off Tammy, or uh, and drop Hacking into midfield or something because we know we know he can do that. Yeah. So there's options, but in terms, I said at the start, I, I think I said ages ago actually on one of the pods in lockdown that there were two things: Frank needed to get a solidified partnership at the back. In terms of centre halves, and he needed to find a formation and stick with it in order to build a like not philosophy but an identity within the team. Yeah, and I think the last 90 minutes has uh, massively, massively shown that. So Fair I much. think it should be forward.
1: Follow up question is Does Kante have a long term future in Malone DM? Um, I've sort of discussed this again. We sort of said last week we play for free. I think Billy can potentially play. N'Golo's role we saw if you think back to the game against Liverpool in the Cup last year he would, he was in N'Golo's position we saw against Everton he was in N'Golo's position so I think there is a potential that Billy can also take some of the burden off N'Golo there but I do yeah I think sort of in that 4-3 in that lone DM I'm all for him being there Jack? Yeah oh sorry the
0: yeah world. 100% 100% don't need to add much more to what you boys have already said to be honest
2: Agreed with that I think um, I think we'll probably touch on this but in terms of a double pivot there's um, I actually think Kovacic is better in that role than one of the more advanced sentiments because he's not that good in the final third but he's quite good under a bit of pressure so I think if, if Kovacic is going to get game time it's, if you're going to stick with a 4-3-3 is my point um, I'd, rather have George, I'd rather have Kovacic I'd rather have in there than Jorginho if Kante was to get injured at this moment yeah. in time. I'd rather Billy Gilmore than both of
1: them. Yeah. But that's my take on it in that sense. I also argue that maybe if you play four for three against some teams, maybe you sacrifice one of Mount or Havertz for Kovacic if you want to have maybe have a bit more solidity in there. But I think that's, you know, opponent defend but dependent. But yeah, Kante definitely in the in that role. Uh, the next question is Jack and I sort of also have alluded to, you know, the fine lines. The Chelsea season now it's been a fine line between really great and poor. And this question comes in it says, Do you believe, like I do, that Chelsea, if uh, have, having had a couple of bad refereeing calls and not having Mendy and Silver at the beginning of the season, they're not actually far from being first in the Premier League? It's a fine line, and we just need a fully fit squad to take off, Jack. 100%.
0: Well, we, we said it last week literally, the five margins. We're with Liverpool winning earlier, we're four points off the top, but earlier we were a point off the top. And that's that's having thrown away, uh, been in the league twice against, uh, three, yeah, twi- well, from two nil and then three, f- three two up against Southampton. That's playing absolutely shocking against West Brom. If you beat those two teams, we're top, joint top of the league, or we'd be top on goal difference. Um, yeah, it's it's literally just such fine margins so that's why we've said we've we've said this already earlier on that if we can pick up a big run of games and win consecutive games we will be at the top or near the top and we'll be ready to try and challenge for something
2: I think with the games that we have dropped points as well you look at it so far, United was a point which we were evidently willing to take and I, I think all three of us sit here now and say well, definitely isn't a bad point if, if you go away to your big six and don't lose the game, it's not a bad result, in my opinion. Obviously, that varies on whether you need top four and it's the last game of the season. But early on in the season, if you go away big six and you don't lose, it, you can't complain about that, in my opinion. Um, West Brom was a freak 30 minutes. I think they scored from every shot. I think that can just happen. Um, that was just one, one of those weird games. Silver made a mistake. I mean, Alonso was terrible. That thing can happen. Those games do happen. Um, I don't think it would happen now, no. Southampton, 100% we win that game, with even just with Mendy and goal. Um, not a chance we lose that with Mendy-Silver, both playing. Not an absolute chance. Um, and you look at Liverpool, we were well in that game until Christensen made a stupid mistake and Kepper makes a stupid mistake and Jorginho misses a pen. So, no, none of them three are playing for Chelsea right now. So, you, going back to the question... If we had all three of them fit from the start of the season, would we be top of the league? I don't know. But would we have more points? One million percent.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Fine, fine margins. That's what ultimately I think might define the season where I don't think we'll necessarily mm-hmm. be looking at a massive, massive points tally to win the league. Maybe yeah. a, a mid-80s, I reckon. Mid to yeah,
2: high-80s. for a 80, high 70s, honestly. I think it's going to be a bit of a mental one.
1: Yeah. Uh next question. How are we cloning Tiago Silva? Um yeah, he's been very good, hasn't he? always. <laughs> <laughs> <He's... Towards. laughs> oh yeah, we've got we've got waiting in the wings, haven't we? But yeah, it's he's good, isn't he? I like him a lot. Double. Yeah, he's
0: he's different gravy mate,
2: different class. Um, own something. Uh, not with that experience. No. It's just that they don't come around often. That's why we snapped it up for free because Name me another centre back we could get without much experience.
1: There's yeah, no one. No, I agree. I agree.
2: Right. Um, in, in terms of, sorry, Nick. In terms of most important, play, you look at our eleven today. Our most, if you re- refuse to take one of them out of that whole team, it's got to be between Mendy and Silver, I think.
1: Yeah, I would and agree. Yeah,
2: Mendy and Golo, Mendy and Golo and Silver. It's got to be one of them three, and you can make a big, big claim for Mets for Silver. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Uh, Kido. Next question: Should we start to worry about these recurring hamstring injuries for Christian Pulisic? Um, Yes,
0: for him, for him specifically, or just the whole squad?
1: I think it's well. Obviously, I think you know due to the schedule, we're going to probably suffer more injuries than usual. I think Pep said there's a stat that there were forty-seven percent increase in muscle injuries at this stage or whatever compared to last season or whatever. And we, we want to play; it's about to happen. Yeah. But I do think yeah. with Pulisic we probably do have to be wary of because of how much football he missed last season as well. Yeah. I do I do, my only fear with Pulisic is could he be what Iron Robin was, you know, like a phenomenal player but just injured. You look at Iron Robin at Chelsea, you know, he probably missed as many games as he did play them. You know, he was a good mm. very good player, but yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm. we will worry about it when we know the extent of it I think once we know how bad it is then we can decide but you've got to take injuries with a pinch of salt at the minute yes he was injury prone last season but it was his first season in the Prem you've seen that happen to a lot of players I think given the situation at the minute it was Man United away travel Russia travel Burnley like these things can happen frankly find it as minor let's hope it's nothing big and let's hope he's back for hopefully Sheffield if not the international break's probably gonna come out a good time for him again, but he's someone you want to mm-hmm. keep fit because he can win your games on his own. So yeah. Yes. In that sense it is an issue, but take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah. I... I think we've we've definitely got one of the best
0: squads in the in the league when you've got people like Tamori can't even get on the bench, etc. Um so I think rotation's gonna be key. I know we've said this before, like today Tammy coming in etc Rudiger coming in the other day in the Champions League, did really well with uh, Zuma at the back, things like that are going to be key this season um, for potentially picking up trophies
1: Yeah Next question is a two-parter Firstly, is Tammy justifying a start or ahead of Olivier Giroud? Um, I think you one of you boys mentioned earlier he's averaging a goal or assist every 44 minutes so in answer to that question, I think yes I do yeah. think Giroud could maybe have had a bit more playing time, mm-hmm. but it ultimately it's a tough one because you know we want Timo playing up front and Tammy, you know, he is sort of more of a future than Giroud, and we need to keep him happier than Giroud. So I think it is is a tough one Frank's got to do. But ultimately, if you look at recent results, I don't really disagree with. You know, any of the subs made. I mean, you could say maybe you could have bought Giroud on ahead of Tammy at United, maybe. But again, we weren't really offering anything. And it would have been more just to hold the ball up a bit better than Tammy. But Um, Again, with that one, you
2: kind of want Tammy to get in behind a bit, try and chase him, get in behind. I think, I said it earlier on the pause, Tammy is a man with a point to prove and he's proven it to an extent. Um, he's fighting for his place. He, we've got another world-class striker in his position in Werner, who's scoring a lot of goals. But that was one of the things I loved about Tommy's game today. He sacrificed a lot of the times, the running, runs in behind, the being in, being in the box, to allow Timo and Hacking to get in better positions. And it's that unselfishness that you want. And going back to your point about Giroud, 100% Giroud will have a part to play this year. 100%. He he always does. He's offered you something completely different to any other striker in the league. Um, he will get important goals. He's always mm-hmm. scored important goals for us. So I'm convinced he'll have a part to play. Just because it's not at the minute doesn't mean that he's been frozen out of the squad. He's, he's a brilliant footballer. I love Giroud. But at the minute, Tammy, Tammy's playing well and Werner's just starting to get his shooting boots on. So you can't sit here and really complain about that, I don't think.
1: No. And also the fact that he set, assisted Pulisic's goal The other night, assisted ZH's goal today. You know he's having a positive impact, even if he's not scoring. And you know, don't like to talk about Spurs in particular, but one massive improvement of Harry Kane's game this season has been his assists. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if Tammy, you know, if he can bring others into play more, which is what Giroud is, you know, famed for doing. If Tammy can add back to his game, then absolutely, you know, it's brilliant to see him starting. And yeah, he definitely.
2: Mm -hmm. Game has got better already. Yeah. just from these games this season you remember some games last year it's like a touch of a rhino sometimes but he'll be putting the ball in the back of the net so we won't care Yeah. whereas this Man will be putting the ball in the back of the net as much He still scored a few good goals big goals but his all round game looks a lot better we give it, pop it into him a bit more and he's holding it up a bit better and he's still young he's only going to get better and he's going to have he'll, he'll have a big part to play this season and for seasons to come you need competition in them places and you need multiple goal scorers to win a league we had Drogba and an Elka both scoring goals, United have had Rooney, Ronaldo, Tevez, Berbatov. We can't just have Timo Werner. We need Giroud, Tammy and Werner all to play their part at some point. So, exactly. And enough. you can see
0: how hungry how hungry he was the other day coming on for the last 10 minutes to make have an impact and do something. Exactly. And you got the assist. So it's that competition that will drive the team forward and lead us to getting more wins and picking up more points. Yeah, and I can see yeah. why. I can see why Frank would play him over Giroud for like an age factor as well. Um, playing the youngster, he he's at that point in his career. He really needs to start kicking on. Whereas Giroud's coming to the end of his career. I know he still won't be happy sitting on the bench, but you can sort of see why why he'd do that. And tammy tammy has got a decent record for Chelsea for someone that young. I think he's got a goal contribution an average of one in three, I think I heard today when I was listening to the game on my stream. Um, so yeah. he's, he's going to be a big player so, as well.
1: Yeah, fair enough. And the final question, what does this new success yielding system mean for Jorginho and Kovacic? Kovacic not even on the bench today. He was subbed after 70 minutes long with Jorginho midweek. Kovacic only played 20 minutes of previous two against Sevilla and United. I'm going to give it to Mr. Louis Fitz. Can I, can I just say, yeah,
0: just to go. say I'm, Jack, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get my uh, Halloween trick or treat sweets out now for this.
1: <laughs> Louis, take it away on with a future of Kovacic and Georginio. Uh,
2: we'll start with we'll start with Georginio. Um, I've said it all along. I think Jorginho is great for one type of scenario in football, and that's usually when you're one or two now up with ten minutes to play and you need to keep the ball. I think, other than that, don't think he's much used. I think, considering he's renowned for his passing, doesn't create many chances. He, he put a good ball over the top to Vernon against Southampton. I think that's honestly the only type of assist he has in his locker in terms of that type of pass, because he'd done that last year to Tammy. Um, I don't think he offers anywhere near enough in a double pivot next to Kante or in a single pivot. He will essentially ruin the structure of our defensive stability that we've worked on in the past four games which obviously Billy wouldn't be as good at in terms of Kante, but he would definitely be better than Jorginho in it. And Frank's building a team which is based around energy. Um there's a lot of energy in that midfield and I don't think you get that with Jorginho. I still think he'll probably have some sort of part to play at some point this season. It's a lot of games. But you uh, you you to know my opinion on Jorginho, I don't think he's I don't think you win you don't win a league with him in midfield at all. And you saw that You've seen that at times this season where we've had a midfield and we haven't won games and we haven't controlled games. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't. I think he might have started Southampton and yeah. didn't really look in control of that second half at all. started Krasnodar, missed a big penalty and we didn't look in control of that midfield much throughout that game until we brought the big boys on and went 4-3-3. Um, and I don't think him and Kovacic necessarily do anything going forward. I've said this. How I've said this countless, countless, countless times on this pod. They don't give you any bite going forward and they don't give you any bite defensively. It's all pretty tap for tap in midfield. And for all those people on Twitter who want to talk about passing stats, talk about it. But like I said previously, I want someone like Ziyech who's going to try it going forward what, 10 times. You might lose the ball seven, but of them three, you might get three chances out of it. There was a time where... Moving on to Kovacic now, by the way. There was a time where um, against Krasnodar... Kovacic ran forward and there was a blatant pass to Callum and Callum was in. And he done a 360 spin to then pass it to the right-back, which is his favourite pass, by the way. It's either to left-back or right-back. And I've said it to you before, Nick, there's this routine with them to midfield. It will pass it out from the back, centre-back, right-back. It will go to Jorginho, he'll look up, he'll go back to the right-back, he'll go back to the centre-back, back into Kovacic, left-back, back, 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 back. And then we'll just end up down the line and there'll be no in energy or pace or transition to our attack whatsoever. And you get these people on Twitter going, Kante can't do that, Kante can't do that. Well, you saw today that Kante done Jorginho's job perfectly fine and we had two much better, more attacking, attack-minded eights in midfield who gave us a lot more going forward. I understand your point about Kovacic putting him in as an eight in bigger games to an extent, but if that's going to sacrifice or Havre, I wouldn't. I think today they proved that not only were they good enough going forward, but Mount was also ridiculously good defensively. It never looked in a situation where it was just like Kante was just in midfield on his own, defending. Um, and I think that game, against, we were playing a wor- against Krasnodar. We weren't playing a great opposition. I know I said previously, any away game in the Champions League isn't easy. But they took the piss for 45, 60 minutes in terms of midfield. They were just walking through us. And how many times have we said on this pod, teams, when Jorginho and Kovacic are in midfield, we don't get a grip of the game at all. We, the teams can just walk through us and we don't get a grip of that game in midfield. We might control the ball for a passage of play, but they won't, stop, they won't stop attacks and the teams will get through our midfield easily. Whereas today, it didn't feel like that at all. Run over. But no, I don't see if... I think they have half roles to play. I don't think they either of them should be starting for Chelsea Football
1: Club if we want to win the football if we want
2: win the league, and that's my opinion. Fair
0: enough, um, JD. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I won't uh, spend as much time and go into as much detail as that, but based off the performance today, I can't see them see them getting near the team anytime the- soon. Really, um, yeah, I can't see them getting near the team. They're just going to be rotation players, if you like, um, coming on for those last 15, 20 minutes to see out a game, say, like we just said as an example, to kill a game by just keeping the ball, etc. Yeah, that's my opinion.
2: Fair enough. (laughs) My my worries with that midfield at the minute is um, you you said Billy could probably do a job for Kante in certain games, but you want to play Kante as much as possible. I don't think we've got direct replacements for either of their mates. I think mean, one of them, the, no, the two that both, were online, are you, you, Yeah, you'd uh, argue even Ross could, could do yeah. that, maybe, as an eight. You'll have to probably look at situations where, if they didn't need rotating, maybe put Ziyech in there and then play Callum on the right or something. Because you don't yeah. want to. You, you definitely don't want to put Jorginho in there and sacrifice Kante on the right. You've, if you want to play that formation you've got to play one of Kante or Gilmore in there. And if, and if Kante is playing, it's always Kante in there. Like That's the way it should be. Um, so that is slightly worrying. Um, I said that to you boys earlier in terms of, I think we can rotate the front three quite easily. We can rotate the right back quite easily. Nick, you briefly mentioned, if Chilwell needs a rest, there shouldn't be too much of an issue putting Aspilicueta there instead of Alonso or Emerson. I think you could probably swap out Zuma and for Tamori or Rudiger occasionally, Although I wouldn't. Um, we saw that we could swap out silver for a slightly lower game and it was fine. But that midfield three in terms of rotation would worry me a bit more. I don't think we're the same side with Georginio or Kovacic in it.
1: Yeah, look, for me it's formation really. I think the four, two, three, one, Kovacic can't play in the two. He can't because he's playing with one of uh, if he plays with Kante, they both love to bomb forward in that. You know, in the two, Kante doesn't play that same discipline. With Gigi, yeah. it's, you know, nice... It's aesthetically, yeah, it's nice on the eye. They can pass the ball, but put pressure on them. You know, they'll crumble. You can easily play past them. And they won't offer you enough going forward. So I think if we go 4-3-3, Jorginho probably... His role probably does lessen. I mean, I think... I guess the only thing for Jorginho is that autumn run we had last year under Frank when Kante was injured. It was 4-3-3 with Jorginho, Kovacic and Mount... Yeah, but he,
2: end of, he proved at the end of last season, Frank, that when he was playing a 4 through 3, he'd played Gilmore over there yeah. than then Jorginho. Um yeah. Gilmore can't walk back straight back in the side up because he's had a bad injury. But I think if Kante's injured and Gilmore's getting minutes, it it probably will be.
1: Yeah, no, no, I agree completely. I think you know we saw Frank's sort of plans for this season after the restart when Jorginho was on the bench for was it five games straight or whatever, that it was, you know, Kante. I wanted to do it. And then, to be fair, I think injuries, you know, sort of stopped him really playing that at the start of this season. So, yeah, it's a tricky one. I think Kovacic probably has just more of a role to play in a 4 3 3 because of the skill set he brings. I think he offers more in that three. And I think in certain games, you might want a bit more balance or you can maybe afford to rest one of Mounts or Havertz. Because you've got to remember, Havertz has had a lot of football this season. He's he's been managed very differently to how Pulisic was last season, where Pulisic was sort of eased in. Havertz has basically had pretty much every game. And Germany. And Germany as well. So I do think, you know, we will have to... That's where Kovacic has a role to play. But I agree, I don't see Kovacic and Jorginho as starters in this team. And as you boys said, I don't think we really win a league with them. And I'll say it, it's an Arsenal. If you think back to Arsenal after the Invincibles, it's that type of midfield. It's, it's all vibes and you know nice on the eye, but it doesn't really have any bite and it's not going to win you a league.
2: It felt like we had a bit of bite in there today. I think yeah. Mount does give... Mount, I think you get a bit of bite and can say you always will. And I think Mount definitely gives you a bit of bite. Um, whether that's yeah. it, he, he went back out of a challenge, I think the other two probably would. And like you said, you, said, you say it's nice on the eye, but it was a lot more nice on the eye today. Yeah. Been loads of five-yard passes and keeping the ball for ages a half but just getting the ball up quicker yeah. is so much aesthetically pleasing than just tippy-tappy football between the back line all the time
1: no i agree it was just a lot more it was just a lot faster faster tempo really you know the the ball you know the ball was just moving around a lot quicker. it was so easy you know yeah. there was that period i think after 2 or 3 nil where we just had the ball for ages and it was it was like a training session but it was actually fast paced it wasn't just slow laborious side to side we were trying to stretch him out and you know I think as well we saw you know ball end up to Callum who played it across to Chilwell and if he controls it better he has another chance there so
2: uh, Chilwell as well there's no uh, given that we've got Reese James and Zietz on the right now which will probably be a partnership for a long long time there's no reason and no excuse for Chilwell not to chip in with goals this year we saw today he was at the back post. I, I, I know you disagree, but I think that was probably a pen in the first half. Um, I think there was a second second half. There was a couple of times where you think, go on, just just volley it first time rather than taking a touch. And there's he's already scored against Palace. There's no excuse for him not to chip in yeah. with a serious amount of balls of Yeah, because of we the saw football. that you saw that ball that Callum, yeah, yeah. over to well, him
0: I just mentioned. When, yeah, um, yeah, literally, and just poor touch, but he was in. Um, but yeah, no, I think he can chip in with goals this year, hundred percent. Just get on, get to the back post, gamble. Yeah. he's got every chance. Every I think chance it's, of
1: picking up a few. I think that's what we're seeing more this year: the fact that our players actually gambling in the box. How many balls did we see? Sort of goals do we see scored from like crosses in the box, and someone's in at the far post. Web. I mean, we saw today; it was offside, but Chilwell provides a cross, and there's Giroud running onto yeah. it. Those are the type of goals Frank loves to see scored. And we probably, you know, last season I can't think of many other than maybe Pulisic at Watford and Pulisic at Villa Where as a ball in and he's running yeah. in on it and, and slotting home. We don't really didn't see those type of goals last year. Purely, mainly because of the sort of the poor delivery from our fullbacks. And but it was in fact at right wing a lot of the time. Yeah, exactly. If you've got someone like Willian on the right wing, you're not getting those type of runs into the box. So, of course, it was... I think it's exciting. I think, you know, for the first... Against Palace, we were excited by what we saw. But I think these, this last week has probably, I'd say, been the most positive. I'd say these, yeah, this last week, even maybe two weeks, has probably been the most positive of the season.
2: Yeah, in terms, of
1: fallback,
2: in terms of a full-back, I think you could probably argue Everton. I think this was one of the most balanced performances we've seen under Frank. Um, yeah.
1: No, I agree. I think that this is one of the best. Everton, that... Everton at home before the lockdown was, I think, our best under Frank. But this was up there.
2: Uh, yeah, I think that Everton one was good, but I think you could make a case that day for Everton being absolutely pony in everything done, whereas today Burnley have a philosophy and they're going to try and cause you problems, but they didn't cause us any. Um, they still went along, they still stuck to their game plan. And in that game, it didn't even feel like Everton had a game plan, where today Burnley had a clear game plan, get the ball up there as quick as possible, use the hard conditions, but we dealt with it and we never felt under any real pressure whatsoever, I think. We've had good games at 3-4-3. Three, three. United semi-final, Spurs away. Um, but this felt a bit... It, it, I don't want to say milestone, but it's felt, this past week has felt like a change in terms of the way Frank Lampard wants to move this team going
1: forward. Yeah, I'll also add, if you think back to the game against Burnley last year where we dismantled them...
2: And then we conceded we've two goals. There,
1: we've fallen up, then we conceded two late goals and we were putting ourselves under pressure. At no point today did we put ourselves under any pressure... And at no point did I, as soon as it went two 0 I felt we're we're fine here. Yeah. I thought the, floodgates, the floodgates might open and we might get more, but I felt so comfortable. That's the difference with this this team we've seen recently. Is they get the game management? I think has improved. We saw against Severe and United, yeah. it was good. Against Krasnodar, we weathered a tricky spell, and against Burnley again in the second half, they you know didn't have a shot on target, but they were starting to get into the game a bit more. And yeah. then we went up the other end and scored from a corner and killed him off. And we were you
2: ruthless. Think, I think two weeks ago against Southampton, a 2-0 lead felt like nothing. Absolutely yeah. nothing. And how good you we were for
1: that 2-0 lead as well.
2: I, it, brilliant. Brilliant, that first, first 40, 40 minutes or whatever. But today it felt 2-0 game, which is completely different. You can actually just sit there and relax for once. Don't be wrong, if Burnley scored a goal, there might have been a bit of panic, as it always is. But based on the last the six games we've had with even Mendy and goal, we I don't see I don't think we're gonna have any really free games where we're gonna concede like three, three, four goals. And if we do, we'll probably match it. And that was happening too often last year under Frank um, and that team. And it happened too often at the start of this this season. So if if we're only letting in if we're keeping as many clean sheets as out, I don't don't be wrong keeping five clean sheets in Mendy's first six isn't sustainable. That's not going to be sustainable. So we are going to have to learn to win games from behind and stuff like that. But if we're only conceding one goal, like, it's, or in worst case scenario two, at least it's not three against Southampton and West Brom.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I think that's pretty much summed up everything up there. It was a very positive look back on a very positive week for Chelsea where everything seems to be rosy we seem to be seems to be a happier place now which is good we're in pole position in our Champions League group we've in a you know a decent position in the league the main thing is keeping keeping pace at this stage and then trying to build a run and go on from there Um, say Louis thanks for coming on man it's always a pleasure having you on JD my co-host it's always good having you on man and uh, everybody until the next episode keep the blue flag flying high